we trade in our worship to worship someone that doesn't even know your name, mm-hmm. that doesn't even know who you are, doesn't even know that you even paid the money. Like we'll complain about being in church 15 minutes longer than we're supposed to be and then sit online for 10 hours refreshing to get tickets to a concert of someone that doesn't even know who we are. We worship that in place. We trade in the one who knows that number of hairs on your head that has created you, that loves you, that sent his son to die on the cross for every person. Did you know the longest wedding veil was longer than 63 football fields? The longest wedding vow. No. <laughs> veil. Veil. <laughs> How would that even work? A I don't know. You're the one vow. that said it. I, that's why I was asking. The longest wedding vow. I was uh, actually at my wedding. Um, so Ken, uh, Kenzie Spangard. I don't know if anybody who who knows her, if you're if you go to the church, you know her, but um she was our personal attendant at the wedding. And so I had I have my wedding vows like written, like I was copying them from my phone to the book. And she told me, she goes, like, well make like how long is your like your wedding vows? Because Bailey has four pages. And at the time I hadn't copied it over yet. And so I'm like, I think it's like a good amount, but I don't want it to be too short and what she did this long thing and it was like it made me nervous just on top of all that but and she's doing that to mess with you yeah no she was she was serious she's like just make sure that four pages is. of vows yeah but it was a tiny like oh book. she's obviously not a lawyer man you don't you don't want long you try to keep it as short <laughs> as can be so you can well that's how long mine was because it was like the book is this big so it ended up being like the same amount but oh, i was did. then worried i'm like well what if it's not like long enough? Does it sound like I don't care? Did it sound like I didn't put enough effort? Well, what did she write it all in in thirty point, like thirty five yeah, points? Yeah, it was a three. It was a three point sermon of her <laughs> love for me, Song of Solomon style. So, uh, it wasn't sixty four football fields? Um, did you know that some cats are allergic to people? Ah, I got a yeah, right. That's <laughs> what so some cats. I, did, are allergic I got a. Did you know that I just heard? Okay. Did you know that a cat can be pregnant and then get impregnated by another cat at the same time? No way. Yes way. How does that work? I have no idea how it works. I just (laughs) found that out. I was just at someone's house and this NASA rocket engineer uh, said that it is possible for a cat to be pregnant and to get pregnant again at the same time. So it would have two different... Fathers. So the litter would be... Same mother, two different fathers. So would it be like a litter that there would be some babies from this father and like separate yes. from the other? Wow. I'm impressed because you hate cats. I well, And that was something you retained. I don't hate cats. I dislike cats. Right. <laughs> That's why you say they're you, you do that, I'm going to get a ton of hate mail. I mean, pretty people are pretty serious about their cats. Well, you say it pretty uh, frequent from the stage. Well, so. I, I think... I you know I think it's a proven fact that if demons were were to have to choose a host to operate in they would either go on a cat or a dog they would pick cats instead of dogs. Yeah. That's a widely known fact in Africa. 
Oh, is, is it? Yeah, I was going to say, like, what, what uh, theologian were you getting this from? What book of the Bible is that? This one says Amer- apple pie isn't actually American at all. Probably not. Oh, I got another fact. Uh, that's a Caesar salad. Where did it come from? I have no idea. Not Italy. It was actually created in Mexico. It's Mexican food. That's so random. <laughs> Doesn't even seem like like uh, Mexican food. Here's here's one. The unicorn is the national animal of Scotland. Interesting. <laughs> I don't know why that why that is. Is there a unicorn? <laughs> I, maybe, maybe, maybe they got extinct when the whole meteor hit the Earth. Huh, there the you dinosaurs. go. That could have been. The voices of it, you know it's funny about that when the meteor hit the earth, it killed all the dinosaurs, but no other animals. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it that's was a very selective meteor. Yeah, and only wiped out a certain population. The others were able to withstand it, like the hamster. Um, did you know? The, and the mosquito and fly. Yeah, for real. If that could be, get- think about if Noah had just killed the mosquito or the fly what purpose do they serve a mosquito well, they, they cause the frogs to survive well yeah they're food i guess yeah yeah they're not it makes we were at a the prayer retreat yesterday and so we're out and it's a beautiful day there's just you know it's a cool breeze you're under the shade you're looking over the mississippi and so i'm like man i'm gonna go venture down and i'm gonna go down this it was this huge like valley and you're, it's on a, we're on a bluff, and so we're overlooking the Mississippi. And I'm like, I want to go down to ventured, the river. And you ventured it down? I went down, and I quickly, re- I'm like, this is gross. <laughs> like, You get down there, and there's tons of bugs. It smells like dead fish. And bugs bugs ruin everything. It makes me I feel like I was going to get jumped out like like by like a spider or something. I was going to crawl across my yeah, face Yeah, and the spiders, man, they'd humble a guy like you. Yeah. I had one crawl on me the other, like when I was there, we saw, this was when I was sitting on the rock and I was looking from a distance over the Mississippi and no joke, this, this dude was this big. If you can see, it was like a size of a quarter. If you're listening to it, but if you're watching this, it was the size of a quarter and it was yellow and it crawled across my leg. And I, you know, I feel like, uh, bugs and they get bigger than they really are. Like we inflate how big Dude, certain I, things are in our life. And I, I have this feeling like spiders are one of those things where we inflate the size of a, of a spider or something like that, or a scorpion. We inflate the size of a fish when we catch it. It's funny. There's some things we, we reduce and then some things we inflate. It's like, huge. I don't know. I don't know that I ever believe anyone when they tell me how big a spider was that they saw. Cause I think they, I think they truly believe it's as big as they say it is. But if we were to get it, I wonder if it really is. It was, it was pretty nasty. It, that thing had a dump truck. It was just, it was like huge. Probably had a big eye in its back too, right? What's one more needless fact? Here's the, here, here's one for you guys before we actually talk about God stuff. Uh, Did you know that the voices of Minnie Mouse and Mickey Mouse actually got married in real life? Really? Yeah. That's pretty impressive. If that gives anybody, any, any bachelor or bachelorettes hope, it's 
pretty that's a pretty neat that, love story. That, I don't know sure. why that would give you. Yeah, hope. I'm not sure how that's giving anybody hope, but uh, other yeah. than the fact that maybe God has a plan for you too, yeah. and wow. there is someone He'll cross your path with. Yeah. I wonder what they look like. No, I'm kind of curious what yeah. the, what they look like. Anyways, while I'm looking that up, because I'm just curious, uh, what are we talking about today? Well, over the last uh, weekend, and really over uh, this last few months, there's been a craze going across their country, and uh, it you know it really tied to uh, Taylor Swift, and and it all started when Ticketmaster crashed because of uh, trillions of people. I'm I'm inflating that. Yeah, number. that was another inflation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, tried to get. Uh, tickets on Ticketmaster and they couldn't handle it and the things all sold out. People couldn't get it. And and there's just this serious like Beatles mania that continues to happen through history um, trying to get into things uh, that we want to be a part of, you know, just like craze waves that go across our country and, and uh, people go crazy about it, trying to get tickets to it. They want to get into it. They want to be a part of it. And there it's, it really is insane uh, how, how in the human race, there's this, this uh, drive or craze to want to pursue things um, that everyone else is wanting to be a part of. And, and uh, so this last weekend, we live in Minneapolis. For those who are listening, we're in Minneapolis. She did two shows. Taylor Swift did two shows here in Minneapolis. And and she ain't like any other celebrity. I mean, she draws a crowd. I think the last person, do you know who the last person was who, like Taylor Swift, had added concerts and all of that? Do you know who it is? What do you mean by added? Well, a celebrity or musician that came in, singer, mm. musician came that came in, in Minneapolis, and it was that kind of craze where they mm. added. Do you have any idea who it was before Taylor? Wasn't only it was only a couple of years the ago. Person actually. previous, yeah, that would have had. I'll give you more a, than two. It had to been if if anybody could bring a crowd for two days in a row and pack that that arena. It's got to uh, be uh, Prince. I'll, no, <laughs> it wasn't Prince. Maybe he did that, but it wasn't Prince. Justin Bieber. No, it wasn't. Especially not Justin. <laughs> especially not Justin. Hey, I'll the... give you a genre. It was country music. Uh, I'm going to phone a friend. Yeah. Um, Country music. Dude, I hate country. You got so. it. Yeah, that's that's why. Now you you why would some I of what know? you listen to is just so horrible. But I mean, just the style, the genre you like, I just don't understand. But it was Garth Brooks. Garth Brooks. Garth Brooks. Sing a song that kind by him. I have no idea. I know. Indeed, I'm not. But the point is, is that like there are certain people that just grab hold mm-hmm. in our culture that grab hold of our attention, mm-hmm. and people go crazy about it. I mean, mm-hmm. it's insane. Um, they, it's it's almost as though they they're not inhibited. Like I mean, they just they they uh, do all kinds of things they would never do. And at a normal setting, just because of the craze and the mob mentality that's tied to so many things. One of those. And and can I say something? Yeah. I'm not bashing Taylor Swift or Garth yeah. Brooks or any of these people. They're doing something that they're doing something that apparently a lot of people love. 
mm-hmm. and they're there to make money, and that's what they're doing, and they're mm-hmm. living off that. There's, uh, it, it's not that they're bad or horrible. It's not even that the concert's bad or horrible. I have no idea. I've never been at it. It's we're not really talking about um, whether it's bad or not. The people who are performing, we want to take a look at why. Why is there this um, drive in human in the human race? to worship people mm. and uh, to worship things and some of the things tied to it. Mm-hmm. And one of them, one of the things what really got my attention was on Monday morning, um, I think it was Monday morning, I was listening to sports radio. Yeah. And uh, there were some guys talking about this concert, which they never talk about the concerts over the weekend or whatever they are, but they were talking about this concert and they played a bit where somebody said, either on the news or somewhere, they said it changed their life, that a concert changed their life, that Taylor Swift <clears throat> changed their life. And then there was another comment, and I really doubt that this either happened or if it did, it was one, where someone wore a diaper <laughs> to the concert because they didn't want to have to go to the bathroom during the concert and miss anything, so they wore a diaper I mean, we should recommend that on Sunday mornings mm-hmm. for people who have to get up and go to the bathroom all the time. And and then there were multiple people who made this statement, greatest experience of their life. And the sad part was some of the people who have said that, and that's been much more common, are people who call themselves believers in Christ. Hmm. There's a problem with that. When we when we say, and, and sure, maybe it's in passing, but I think we get really loose with the tongue and we get loose with comments. It, we're testifying that the greatest experience in our life was an individual who sang songs and did a and entertained us when, as believers in Christ, if you came to Christ, there will never be any experience that will even compare to when Christ enters our life and gives us life from death. Mm. And that's, uh, you know, I I think you can have an incredible time. I think it could be an amazing time, but mm. you have to be careful to, to say the greatest experience in your life was that mm. over, I mean, my greatest experience in life was salvation. Mm-hmm. It was an incredible experience to be able to step in Lambeau Field for the first time at yeah. 22 years old. That was an amazing experience. There's mm-hmm. no doubt when you did it, there's something about it. It was amazing. Yeah. But it didn't compare to be forgiven of my sins. Yeah. It didn't pr- it pr- compare to even having life. And and I think we have to be careful on, on what we say and what we're testifying to when we make statements like that. Well, and I think it's like, not necessarily being careful, but it's recognizing your words tell on you. And you're yeah. like, you know what I mean? It, it tells on yourself because what I find interesting is that like right here, I was looking up the 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 person wearing a diaper and it's legit. If you look up uh, Swifties uh, going to the concert wearing diapers, you can look it up. This is on the Cosmopolitan. Uh, it says discussing one of the videos which features two females diapering each other up uh, for the show, um, and there's another. It's there's a I guess a video out there by Screenshot HQ reported on the Swifties making this bold life choice, and I find it interesting because um, 
there's there's always the question. It's like how do you how do you keep that passion? It's just like or people walk away because I don't feel God anymore. Or they don't. I think it's um, because if you were to look at your phone right now and you were to go to your settings and you were to go to uh, accessibility and your screen time, you'll quickly realize why am I not as passionate about God as I am like celebrities or these other things in entertainment or TikTok or my or other apps on my phone and it's what you're giving attention to like has your heart and um I would and we be... and we sell out for cheaper stuff oh yeah we we're settle. more or entertained by individuals yeah. and because we give them their time I think that's a great mm-hmm. observation actually the more time you give and you're watching all these celebrities we're not entertained by God and it, and that's part of the the problem there is the church yeah that we've we've turned it into this very concise non-confronting um let me give you good how to it's more of a ted talk than transformative we're not experiencing joy from salvation or joy of our salvation joy from depression we we it's no longer let's send you to a counselor to get free from depression than experiencing the power of god to get free from depression i think we've we have cheapened the power of the Holy Spirit. Like we don't realize the Holy Spirit is with us. God, the creator of the universe mm-hmm. lives with us. He's yeah. He's here right now. We don't even acknowledge that. We don't yeah. talk to him. We don't interact with him. But we, we, we see what we pursue, what the world pursues and therefore worship worships the idols of the world. Mm-hmm. And it's not, everybody needs to understand, we are not attacking Taylor Swift. No, this yeah. isn't an attack on Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift didn't make you make her an idol, but no. people have made her an idol. Mm-hmm. People have turned her into something that if they had to choose between between worshiping God and worshiping her, if they were being honest, they would pick her mm-hmm. because she's this immediate physical form of something right in front of them. And, and it is in that we understand how the Israelites who had God as their God, their one God, would then create idols in physical form to worship them because they didn't want to worship an invisible God. They would rather create gods that they could see and worship that. Well, that's the thing that um, it, it more so like the topic that we're talking about is more so we're, we're trying to... It's inter- it's interesting because it, it shows the state of where people like kind of are at and in comparison something that people don't understand like a love for God or why people are so passionate mm-hmm. about it it's 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 fun to be able to contrast that to celebrity worship because people think well that's weird you raising your hands in service right. that's weird dedicating a Sunday to go to church and spend time with other believers or that's weird but right. it's not weird to wear diapers and go to a concert it's not weird to to freak out over someone singing like a song of a breakup and I love uh, Taylor Swift's awesome so I'm not like coming at that but it's it, it's to contrast it to someone that has not yet experienced the love of God uh, this is the way that we're trying to convey that because ultimately the most important thing in life the most important i know people look at the laws and they look at behavior and they look at certain practices but ultimately the greatest law is loving your god with all your heart with all your mind with all your soul with all your strength with your nefesh with your entire being Mm-hmm. And it's not that you don't have the capacity to do it because Taylor Swift would be an example of it's like, where is that 
with your with your love for God. And I think it's because, you know, I think it tell it, it it exposes where our hearts are. Why don't I carry that same passion for God? Where is the disconnect? And I think it might be honestly tied to unbelief. I I think that's exactly where it's tied to, or or a misunderstanding. Like I believe in God, yeah, but the God you're believing in does not does not attract your fascination yeah. anymore. Mm-hmm. He's not a supernatural God. He's not a present God for sure. Mm-hmm. Because if he was a present God, then we would begin to go to him and recognize and acknowledge him as being mm-hmm. present, being here in my consciousness, mm-hmm. being here with me. But because I can't see them, and because that really, you know, it and it comes from two different directions. One, uh, when we worship people, it comes through the senses of my flesh. Yeah. And when we worship God, it comes through the spirit. Mm-hmm. We worship him in spirit and in truth. Yeah. He is truth and he is spirit. And we experience that in our life and we worship him because of we've experienced him and <laughs> we've seen funny. the incredible nature of him in our life. And and again, uh, Taylor Swift is, is and, and what we're talking about is just representative yeah. and a number of different personalities that have been elevated. Yeah. And, and I would say this as well. We trade in our worship to worship someone that doesn't even know your name, mm-hmm. that doesn't even know who you are, doesn't even know that you even paid the money, doesn't even know. Like, we'll complain about being in church 15 minutes longer than we're supposed to be, and then sit online for 10 hours refreshing to get tickets to a concert of someone that doesn't even know who we are, and we we worship that in place. We trade in the one who knows that number of hairs on your head yeah. that has created you, that loves you, that sent his son to die on the cross for every person, and we'll complain about him asking us to give $1 to missions, yeah. where we'll give thousands of dollars to someone who doesn't even know our name. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I could go on and on in the, yeah. in the comparison between the two. You said something. You said that we don't... You said something about the present that we don't like... We, we substitute worship for like a celebrity because it's in front of us failing to realize mm-hmm. that God is a God of the present, that this God that we worship, I think we, we leave out the middle part. We think that he was and he is to come. Right. <laughs> and so here I'm going to entertain myself uh, with idol worship until that day. I'm going to occupy, like that worship, it never stops. It's just going to be redistributed to someone that I can touch, see, and feel, failing to realize that we serve a God that is in the present and and it's a relationship and he's the one that sustains us that we get that fulfillment from and we can't right and and jesus said that he said i'm told his disciples i'm going away but another is going to come that's the holy spirit yeah and the holy spirit is a person yeah and people say well i i'd worship i would follow the holy spirit if i could see him like the disciples saw jesus Mm -hmm. well the bible says that you become the body for which the Holy Spirit resides, that Jesus, his body was a tent that held the Son of God and the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And Jesus was then sending the Holy Spirit as it did in him to reside in us. So technically, if you want to get technical, 
the Holy Spirit does have a body. Mm-hmm. He re, he abides with us in this body. And so everything we do is a partnership with yeah. the Holy Spirit. And it's interesting because I grew up with, it's the anointing, it's the anointing, it's the anointing, it's the anointing. I would go even a little further and say it's more than just the anointing. It is the presence of the Holy Spirit in us that works through us and with us as yeah. a partnership. We do it together. We submit this body God's given us for the Holy Spirit that abides in us to operate in the world around us. People say that, oh, I just need, if if I saw him like I saw the disciples, then I would believe. I don't buy that for one minute because it's ne- you don't see that anywhere in scripture with the no. of God's ministry to Israel and his disciples. Did you know 21 miracles just listed in the Bible? And the disciples still did not see that he was who he said he was, that he was the son of God. They didn't even recognize him as God. He had walked on water. He had healed the sick. He had cleansed people of unclean spirits. He had fed the the thousands twice, and they still didn't recognize it. And I think that's a perfect example of what's happening right now. Yeah. They saw him as the Messiah, mm-hmm. but their definition of what the Messiah was yeah. was wrong. Yeah. So they wanted, they, they admitted, they even, and when they were called, they were called, he said, I think we found the one that's yeah. mentioned in the, in the scriptures, the Messiah. Yeah. But they're, they didn't realize that the Messiah would actually be the son of God, which is yeah. why um, if you're from the faith of Islam or you don't believe he could be the son of God, because even the Jews, you agree with the Jews, Muslims and Jews agree that the Messiah was not going to be the Son of God. It wasn't until Jesus, who they all said was the Messiah that was following them, that this was the Messiah. They saw him as a liberator, a revolutionary. Mm -hmm. Um, Jesus said, I am the Son of God. He says, who did the men say that I am? And when Peter said, Son of God, he said, it wasn't man who revealed it to you because man didn't think the Messiah was the Son of God. Mm -hmm. It, It was the Holy Spirit that declared he was the son of God. Mm -hmm. He said, the Holy Spirit revealed that to you, Peter. Mm -hmm. So it's the Holy Spirit who reveals to us that Jesus is more than just a revolution, that he was the son of God. And still today, it's the Holy Spirit that reveals the people. So you can say, if he would be in the Bible, then I would believe. You're right. They wouldn't believe. It's It's a revelation that this guy is the son of God. Yeah. Exactly. And that's the thing where um, we actually had a conversation with someone that had said, like, you know, if I were to see, like, the miracles in the Bible, if I were to see the Red Sea split, if I were to, like, see God, like, it would cause me to believe. And that's what what, the same thing I said. I'm like, no, you wouldn't. Well, and and I think it goes back to what we're talking about. Like, in what we as humans have, we say, so you're attacking this, this thing in us that wants to worship, mm-hmm. that, that, that was put in us by God mm-hmm. to this, this need to worship, this one thing to celebrate. All of you were created, every human was created with that desire yeah. to want to worship something. Yeah. And, it, and what is it that we worship? God's, like, how do I worship God? God mm-hmm. put it in us to worship Him. Yeah. 
But you can go to, and it's not just concerts. You go to football games. You can go to uh, political rallies even. Yeah. you can, And people who will sit in a church service and say, that's not my personality to lift my hands mm-hmm. and worship to God. Or I, 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 don't, I don't, they just sit there like bumps on the log when it comes to worshiping God. But you put them in other, in other settings and yeah. they got their shirt off and they're jumping around or they get a, they get a hole in one on a golf course and they're acting like a madman mm-hmm. and then they come. But when it comes to worshiping God, that's a lie of the enemy yeah. uh, that the enemy... In fact, I've seen the most stoic of people who would... That's, they, they don't jump around at concerts or football games. They don't, but go to a retreat where they experience the presence of God mm-hmm. and that glory causes them to go just yeah. worship and it changes their life. Yeah. People who never cry, but in the presence of God, they're overcome by tears. Yeah. People who never, because the glory of the Lord, it, in fact, the Bible says, every knee will bow and every tongue confess that he's Lord. The glory of God is so much more incredible yeah. than anything on this planet. Mm-hmm. And and um, if if we're not moved by God... If there isn't things moving us to make a statement as the greatest experience of my life or to say it was a life-changing experience, I feel sad because your life-changing experience is now over. Yeah. And and what you'll find is it didn't change your life at all, mm-hmm. that you're still the same person. Whereas when you come to Christ, he changes you. Like people are different. He gives at, you life. Right. That life just transforms how you see the world and you you are forever changed mm-hmm. when you go when when you experience we're, Christ. We're, we're not talking about, you know, sp- it, we're, t- we're we're attacking golden calf worship. And so this this worship it hasn't changed since the wilderness at Mount Sinai, where they were literally given the yeah. law, they, they were brought out of Egypt and and they were fed and and uh, from the the literal sky and they 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 worship a golden calf. It wasn't like this is nothing new. It's still happening today, and it it even looks like like pastoral worship. We worship oh, pastors, yeah. and then yeah. that's why we leave the church. Some of the worst. Someone hurt me. Yeah. Some of the worst comes by that. We worship artists. We worship. Um, streamers, people that play video games, we influencers, worship influencers, exactly. Uh, that's why there's there's actually um, a series that is pretty like popular where you or where people actually make their whole channel or their content surrounded around meeting like famous celebrities and then ranking them on a, a scale of one to ten their interactions. And I find it funny because. We were talking about this the other day. Like, if I were a celebrity and people were coming up to me and ranking me, I don't know where I would where I would rank because I there's there's times where I love people, but I need to retreat. Like, don't come up to me in the grocery store. Like, don't like get up in my grill. Like, uh, I have a life too, and I'm not just for your enjoyment or your pleasure. And so I think it's actually unfair that that has been the thing like i got to re- i got to you know rank these people on a list of 1 to 10 and if they don't meet my unrealistic unreal- expectation or the altar that i've set them up on like they're going to be you know what i mean like that's i think that is even ridiculous on on how people have you ever heard of that like people yeah. ranking well, people yes i've it I, it's crazy yeah it's and crazy I think it shows the i you know I, I was talking to someone uh a couple of days ago and they started a church just for celebrities 
And the church is for a, a place where a celebrity can go to worship God and not have to worry about people trying to worship them. Hmm. That's insane. Yeah. Like if a celebrity were to walk into your church, how do you treat them? Yeah. And you you can turn your worship in a church from the Lord. Like uh, Justin Bieber showed up at a church in our community and a bunch of tweets talked about how Justin Bieber was at their church that day. Hmm. But there were no tweets about the Holy Spirit being there that day. Hmm. No tweets about what the Holy Spirit did in the service that day. No tweets, because it was all about the world, celeb- the celebrities of this world. It really demonstrates how crazy our society has become with celebrity worship, with mm-hmm. this this idea of celebrity worship that one we we look to celebrities we want it's almost like we want to be celebrities to a point where we've we've turned and we really need to stop and ask ourselves you know if a celebrity to, were to sit down next to me how would I treat them it's one thing sure to be comfortable enough to say hello and and um, and and treat them like just anyone else you would do there that you would do in that service or people that you would interact with and be friendly to them just as you would anyone else but then to look at them and to treat them differently most celebrities most celebrities that are believers don't want to be treated differently and here's what's funny is we've turned the servants of Christ some pastors who are great at communicating into celebrities mm-hmm. and then we worship them and then we love to tear them down when they mess up yeah we've turned newscasters who are just giving the news into celebrities and now if you watch the news those newscasters that are supposed to just report the news are now giving their opinion about news hmm. and their opinion so newscaster turns to another newscaster from another episode at another time and it says tell us what you think about this thing they have no credibility we we have people who have done nothing in the world and i remember this was way back when uh, paris hilton before she was she was the daughter of a hotel mogul was very good at becoming a celebrity and an influencer, even though she had never modeled, she had never done movies, she had never done anything in the world, but people were following her, even though she she had dad's money, and that's what made her a celebrity. It, there, there is, inside of every person, something God put there to worship him, and then rather than worship him, we worship what he created. We worship created things. Mm. Yeah, that and familiar. and look at what what it says in Romans chapter one when you worship created things, mm-hmm. it it you're turned over to a debased thinking, depraved mind, and and even with uh, like a great example, we'll go back to Taylor Swift. There were there were hundreds, even thousands of people that went to be entertained and did not worship her. They they went, they enjoyed it, they enjoyed the entertainment of it. And they left, and it didn't change their life. It was just a great experience that they had, and they treated her just like she's an entertainer, and I enjoyed it, and I consumed it. It was a lot of fun, mm-hmm. and that was it. But but there is a craziness when you spend, like if if <laughs> to spend tons of money to come to the thing, complain if somebody asks us, 
to do any work of ministry or the tithe or to do any of that, it there there is a there is the sense that where your treasure is, there your heart, heart is, yeah. and or, or or to serve, and then we spend hours and hours waiting in line for that, mm-hmm. but we wouldn't want to spend two minutes waiting in line. Uh, uh, for anything that would glorify God. There, yeah. there, you really have to stop and ask yourself, is my heart worshiping the Father? Is it worshiping uh, the Father, or am I really finding that my attention and, and wow factor, wonder, awe, is more in this world and not on eternal things. And it's and it's to say it's not a legalistic mindset or a behavioral mindset, but it's genuinely no. looking at your heart like why is my heart drawn to this more than it is to the being in the presence of God? And it, it all comes back again to an issue of unbelief. The Bible talks about where where Jesus is confronting the Pharisaical legalism of them having an issue with the disciples not washing their hands. And Jesus takes it as an opportunity to confront spiritually where they're at. And he says, uh, it's not what enters, nothing nothing in this world that enters you will defile you, but it's what comes out of your mouth that defiles you because out of your mouth, the heart speaks. And just like these things, it's like your actions, it shows where your where your heart is, where your, where your treasure is, your heart will also be. Uh, and this is the the comparison um, that we're drawing. Um, there is actually a book I was reading. Um, it's called "The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry," and this the the author is, talks about how many books he has read and how it's actually a point of pride for him that I think it's like 125 books per year. Uh, he talks about how much he reads, but then out of comparison, by a study done by Charles uh, Chu. Uh, he, he says that the average American reads 200 to 400 words per minute. At that speed, we all uh, read 200. We could all read 200 books a year, nearly twice his quota, in just 417 hours. Hours. He says, sounds like a lot, right? 417. That's over an hour a day. He says, but can you guess? How much time the average American spends on social media each year? Can you guess? Um, each year. How yeah. many minutes? How many hours? Hours. Yeah. So if you were to spend 417, you would double, you would double his quote of 125 books per year. You would double it just by the average number of words we read per minute. And if we were to just spend a little over an hour of day reading. That's 417 hours would double his quota of 125 books. So it's got to be do more. They spend let's on say, social media? let's say I'm going to throw a number out there 750 on social That's media. That's really close. That The number is 705 hours. 705. You know what TV is? How many no. hours? 2,737.5 hours. Wow. He says, meaning for just a fraction of the time we give to social media and television, we could all become avid readers. To the nth degree, Chu uh, lamented, here's the simple truth behind reading lots of books. It's not that hard. We all have the time we need. The scary part, the part we all ignore, is that we are too addicted, too weak, and too distracted to do what we all know is important. If this is true of reading, how much more is it true of our lives with God? Hmm. That's what we're talking about today. Yeah. Pretty I read that and I'm like, 
Well, and oh and I think goodness. so. I think it's 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 interesting too because reading causes you to have to use your imagination. So your imagination is strengthened when you read because uh, television and social media they give you the picture, so you don't even need to use your imagination when you read. You have mm-hmm. to use it. You have to see it. You have to draw a picture in your mind of what they look like, and you gotta and. Um, it causes you to do that. So I think we are weaker, especially when, when we're engaged in all of that. But you said something, you said that this isn't being legalistic and it could, it could come very much across as being legalistic. And it really falls into, uh, there are two gospels and we're talking about this in Galatians right now. Paul says there's two gospels. There's the gospel that really looks through the scriptures through the lens of legalism. And then there's the gospel that looks through the lens of, of in legalism, we would say religion. And then there's the, the gospel that looks through it in grace and in relationship with Christ. Now, I think there's also a gospel of grace that goes to an extreme where um, it was very destructive as well. But during the time of the Judaism, uh, when Paul wrote this, there was really two. And there's a scripture that says, if you love me, you will keep my commands. If you love me, you'll keep my commands. And, and if you look at that from a religious standpoint, you will hear what we're saying is, okay, I need, I need to show God my love yes. by not worshiping these people. Exactly. And, that's, that, and that's an attitude of legalism and mm-hmm. saying, okay, I'm going to prove to God I, I love him. Because of my... Because uh, now they're feeling shame right now. When you right? say that, they're like, oh, man, I just I can't listen to Taylor Swift anymore. I can't right. go to her concerts. And it's and, exactly and we're not that. even saying you can't no. go to concerts. What we're, what we're saying is when we love God, mm-hmm. one of the things you'll see is nothing can compare to, yeah. to him. When you love God and nothing compares to your love for God, you worship God, and then everything else is put into perspective. Yeah. I don't worship my wife. I don't worship yes. my kids. I don't worship celebrities. I don't worship my job. I don't and and when we worship something, we ascribe worth to it. So yeah. to a certain extent, you do worship your wife. To a certain extent, you do worship your kids and job and and those things. And to a certain extent, you do worship Taylor Swift. But when we worship those things in a manner that is so much more crazy than we would worship God. It's out of order. Mm-hmm. And that's really what, when I love God, I'm going to give him my first and best worship. I'm going to give him, and everything else, I worship less. Mm-hmm. You know, everything else is less important to me than worshiping God. And it's one of the things we try to teach our kids, even when they were in sports. People said that we were wrong as parents. We would. We, we never let our kids miss church on Sunday mornings and, for a game. Hmm. And they said, well, isn't that legalistic? No, it's, it's church is really more important. Like being in a body of believers and worshiping God was always more important than a game that they're not going to remember. Yeah. And it sets a culture in your home. It's such a, and fortunately people would say, but you you could do that because your kids were the best ones typically on the team. And, and, and that was a true thing. They were, yeah. they, 
they they always started every team they've ever played on they always started on so we could say they're not going to be here for the championship game and sure they didn't like that but their kids got more playing time and and we and they always put them in the starting lineup whenever they were there because they were the best ones on the team and it helped them win but for us when they're they're now all in their 20s they're not athlete they're they're athletic but they're not athletes they're not playing games but their moms their wives well they're not moms yet but they're going to be one day i pray yeah. they're their wives and i want them to be godly wives i want them to have a culture so to me for their life i'm raising godly adults they're not playing sports the rest of their no. life and people say this they say this statement i hear sports prepares them to be adults hmm. Okay, so you're telling me wow. that sports have a better ability to mm. cause them to be great adults later than God does. Yeah. That that even being in a church service, if you're you in a church service that yeah. doesn't do a better job at creating a godly culture in your kids than a sporting event, then you're in the wrong church. And what do you turn to when you're hurt? What do you turn to when it's taken away? What do you right. turn to when you're cut? Right. Like how is how then do you so I have friends that like when when sports are done, you're depressed because yep. your identity is gone. Like what do you what what do you turn to? And you- and we've made sport sports have become an incredible God. You know, I was just listening to the radio. They were talking about a guy who is a hockey coach and the parents are just crazy and nobody wants to coach anymore because parents think their kids are way better than they are mm-hmm. and then they and and we saw this for sure everybody wants that coach fired if and they come up with they make it, it, just statements that don't make sense and the part is they worship their children and they worship the sports events they want their kids to play so they cuz i got to come to this thing i don't want to be bored watching your kid play i want my kid playing mm-hmm. and so they were talking about why are parents this crazy because parents worship it. Yeah. Like parents are worshiping um, that sporting event and their kid playing and they have dreams for their kids and and they put an incredible amount of pressure on the kids because they're worshiping their kids and their kids need to perform for them so that they feel better about their life and they put incredible amounts of treasure in it so their heart's in it oh, as yeah, well. So you, it, you have this perfect storm of money and and it's worship it you worship with the money you're investing you worship because it's your kid and your flat and 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 somehow if that kid fails it reflects on you as a parent and you must be a fan and i'm trying to get my kid to succeed so i can declare to the world i'm not a failure look at my kid he's succeeding yeah. and the amount and we're worshiping all of those things yeah and as much as they know it it just doesn't give you life no, and in the end you can you can have all of that mm-hmm. and it not give you life i had a friend so i it was one so this is one of my friends that you know when you when you see people from your past you're like oh we really got to get together and then it mm-hmm. just never happens and yeah. so it was actually at my my little brother's graduation um uh, where we were going to we were supposed to be getting together and we never did we just yeah i but i saw him at the timberwolves game it just two. It was like a year or two later, and I was like, "Bro, like, okay, we have to like, we have to get together. Like, I've been meaning to. I'm not gonna procrastinate." So we ended up getting coffee, and he told me, "He goes, bro. He said it's so good to see you like happy, and you have. And he didn't use the word joy, but he's like, like you actually got purpose. You know what you're doing with your life, and it looks like you 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 enjoy life." And he goes, "It's really sad because a lot of our peers, a lot of our our friends from high school, it just." It's just it's kind of depressing. Like they just don't know what they're doing. They're 
and they hate life. And it, it's 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 cool to see that that you're not the same. And that is not because I got a basketball in my hands before. I would have told you that probably because that's all my life was surrounded by basketball. I played basketball year round. I was in the gym multiple times a day, like playing basketball, whether it was practice or scrimmaging or in my off time. And I'm telling you, like basketball will not fill the void that you think it it does. Like when it comes down to brass tacks, that that 29.5 basketball does not fill the eternity size hole. Uh, in your heart and sports cannot cannot do that for you but it's because people have nothing to compare their lives to or the things that they worship because they haven't yet experienced the glory of god and so because they have they have nothing to compare it to they settle for the lives that they live and and these what do you call it like these temporary pleasures or these temporary like i call them like baby rattles they just occupy the kid like you know when a kid is is laying down yeah. and they, they it just occupies them or now it's cocoa melon it just occupies you until you got to wake up to reality and face like the music like basketball and sports do not do what god can do and having a relationship with him he's everything you need and i think it's the failure to recognize that and there i think when you want to recognize that it takes repentance well, and I think, yeah, it takes, you got, there is Turning. something that's abiding joy. Yeah. It, it, it abides. And I think we go from one momentary joy to another. Yeah. Momentary form, like the euphoria of a Taylor Swift concert. And you come out right after that, you say it changes your life. And another statement that was made that I just thought of when uh, that was made on this radio program, the person said this. That, that they went there, and and most people think Taylor, Taylor Swift, it's a junior high girls with, you know, white girls with, you know, uh, just going into the female, uh, becoming women, that's the audience. Yeah. And they said that they were shocked that he goes, every, every ethnic group, every age, every um, sex, political background, I said... Taylor Swift unites everybody. Hmm. And the statement was, everybody left their differences behind and came together over Taylor Swift. Wow. And I thought, that's crazy. Like, people don't even know what they're saying. They're, what they're suggesting is that this human being ties and brings everybody together in peaceful harmony. And, and even though I don't believe Taylor Swift, and I want to make this very clear, I am not suggesting or even making a comment that Taylor Swift is this, but that is the description of what the Antichrist will do and become, that exact description, um, is that that everybody comes together in this, this peace and harmony that will come together that that Jesus Christ is the unifier in people's lives when they come to him. And people are looking for euphorias to get from one day to the other, one weekend to another. So they either find that in alcohol and drugs, which they recognize, most people recognize is very destructive to their physical body. I mean, even now doctors are saying alcohol in any amount is destructive to the brain. And it, it, it's tied to a number of things that it is not good to drink 
alcohol at all. Well, we've known that for years, right? But it gives this temporary euphoria that does have a hangover, but it gives you time to kind of get free from the torment that you're going through. Well, now you could go to a Taylor Swift concert and you don't have the hangover. You can go to a, and we're looking for events that where we can worship or we can look to that make us feel good about what we're going through. And then, and then in the morning, we're still going back to our life. And has anything changed? No. And the reality is you need to consider what you're worshiping. Does what you're worshiping, and we're here saying, and this is the good news of the yeah. gospel. This is what Jesus came to say. Yeah. If you come to me, I will give you something that will change your life and your hangover will be the life that you experience. It, it changes you from the, the lack of peace and judgment and condemnation, the tormenting spirits that you're dealing. You'll get set free from that, and you'll live in a life that when you wake up in the morning, you can experience joy. You can have peace. Yeah. And, it, and it's real and it exists. And if, if, you, if you've been just wondering if that's even elusive and you've heard people talk about it and you've been to church, but you go to church and it seems like when you're there, there's more messed up people who are depressed and discouraged and, and, and all they say is, let me give you a, let me talk you into joy or that it's more than a, it's more than knowledge. There is a unseen, incredible power of life that's transferred yeah. Uh, that can change you. And and you and it's not knowing something different. No. It's experiencing exactly. something different. Again, you're so good with those taglines. Experience the truth. Yes. Is what this podcast is is literally about. Because it's when you and this is the thing. The reason why we've diminished uh though she's got catchy songs, uh celebrities and Taylor Swift's talent is because this is so much better and you need to recognize it and you need to taste and see that the Lord is good. Like this stuff, uh, this will cause you, this type of um, real life change will cause you to go and do uh, a random restaurant and just to proclaim God is real. I literally had a guy tell me, he goes, bro, when I went to the, when, when I encountered this God that I've heard about my whole life, but when I actually encountered him, I didn't know what to do with myself. And so I just went into Chick-fil-A and I just said, God is real, just outbursts. Like, <laughs> like this is this is what it'll do for you. And if you hear the testimonies, like you need to pull people aside, people that that believe in Jesus. And I would encourage you, ask them, like, so what changed for you? If you feel like, you know, I don't have that passion um, that I'd like to, like I have this passion for people that I can see in front of me because I was built, and now I recognize I was built to be able to worship, but I don't have this same uh, passion for this invisible God that you talk about. What is it? And I'm telling you, when you ask people, we're doing this series right now where we've been recording people and, and we have it on our, our church Instagram, like these car testimonies. And the simple thing that I just have them, we're not going into your life story. We're not talking about how you grew up. I'm asking them what changed from your perception of God was this. He was a God in a book. And this is when he truly encountered me. And it's the coolest stories, like over and over and over, like in these different ways from people that were crying on their bathroom floor, that were ready to end it all, where they literally, they felt like Jesus picking them up and bringing them through life. You've had people that that have that have given their life to Christ out of, you know, 
uh, e- even though their family was trying to to kill them, that was they were on the run. That what would cause someone that would do such a one eighty turn and be so passionate about this God? And I would encourage you, ask, ask, and then how do you encounter that? Yeah, you know, ask him. The, the, what's in you know that scripture? If you love me, you'll keep my commands. Yeah. If you look at it and say, "Man, I'm I I'm just not showing God I love Him enough because I'm not keeping my His commands," yes. you're missing the point. Missing. You're like you. That is such an incredible verse to identify mm-hmm. where you're at. Yeah. Because there isn't judgment or condemnation in Scripture. In fact, it says there is now therefore no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. It's really a sign to the person who says, I'm a believer, but I live in condemnation all the time. When you're in Christ Jesus, yeah. you don't experience that's condemnation. Great. And if you're there and you're that's all you experience, then then go to the Lord, go to the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, help me to fall in love with God yeah. in a way where the joy, like the oh, following the commands of God become joy. It, it's my joy to do that. Yeah. It's my joy to actually... A serve in the kingdom of God, and and I think w- w- we keep telling people that you need to follow these commands if you love God. That's how you're going to prove it, rather than this, than to really bring people back to Jesus mm-hmm. and the the character and the goodness of Christ, so that it's their love that causes them. And it and here's where it starts: that you love people, that you love people. And and so I would even say, as we've been talking, you're responding to this podcast in, in one of two ways. You're responding it in a way where you're angry with us for what we're bringing up and what we're talking about. And, and I would say what we're trying to do is just bring awareness to the believer to awaken from, their, from this apathy that if God isn't, like, God is awesome. He's amazing. And God wants you to see him. And if you've fallen from that perch of seeing God's greatness and his incredible nature and his amazing love and forgiveness and his, his, his plan and purpose for your life, then, then it's time to awaken from that place mm-hmm. and to ask God again. Because the Bible says, if you ask... Yeah. You will find. Mm-hmm. He will respond. If you knock, he's going to open the door. Yeah. If you seek, he'll find. Like yeah. that's a promise I believe God wants you to experience in your life because he doesn't want you living in this dead religion, yeah. this dead place where it does nothing in you. It doesn't really bring you joy. It doesn't have give you hope. You're not walking in faith that whatever you're going through will be okay, that he yeah. is going to do beyond anything you can ask or imagine. I mean, if you really start reading the word with faith because you know who he is and there's this attitude of just love for him the bible's going to come alive to you it won't be an it won't be this difficult thing to do it won't be this yeah. hard thing to do it'll be like a treasure hunt yeah. as we're going into it because you're like wow this is incredible and you will read it differently you will mm-hmm. read the scriptures differently but if you're reading it as, oh, another thing I got to do to prove I love him, like why yeah, doesn't exactly. he just get satisfied with the fact that I love him? I got to prove to him again I love him. It, it's it's two different things. It's a religious response to his word and to God and a relational exactly. response. There's a story that I heard actually yesterday, and it's actually pretty cool. So this 
this church is doing these testimonies of people during Pride Month of people that were in the LGTV uh, community, and they they encountered God and they turned completely away from it, and that's what they're they're saying they're proud of, of the Holy Spirit rescuing them. And this guy was super interesting. He said that he was introduced to RuPaul's drag show at a young age, and he had his dad say like, "Turn that, turn that stuff off. Don't don't you want you don't want that boy to." to you know do you want uh, our boy to be able to to start like dressing like that or whatever and he says for some reason that started a curiosity into this where later he he started watching um uh, I don't even know if I'm allowed to say this but adult entertainment of male on male mm-hmm. yeah you get the picture uh, hopefully not, well, I not too. Yeah, don't picture, don't yeah but... don't get okay that was <laughs> uh, minced words anyways so it started down this this process of experimenting and he had a relationship with a girl but he was sleeping with both men and women and and through like he says i believe soul ties with one of the men that i was with they started transitioning and and so then he started getting this fascination of starting to dress um in um in females clothing and then had like he said that uh, he he would have like acrylic nails and high heels, and he totally was just trans transformed. And he was he was planning on having um, gender what do you call it like A surgery surgery yeah yeah, yeah. and um, he said that that he, he I don't remember how this took place, but he said God if you're true if you're truly real because it was introduced to him the gospel he goes God if you're truly real and this is something he grew up in. I don't want to leave this life for a fake God. And he goes, can you show me you're real? And this was that same week. He said he got into his pickup truck and then he felt like something was like in the passenger seat. And this is when he's in his whole like outfit. He's still like very much in, in sin. He turns to his passenger seat and he's like the, like the, the tangible presence of the Holy spirit hit him like overwhelmed him. He, he starts weeping in his car and broke down and said, God, I will never go back. I'm getting goosebumps right now. I will never go back to that lifestyle. I will never, it, it wasn't, but it wasn't, if you love me, you won't do this. It was his because heart. Because I love you. Bec- yeah. His heart completely changed and God changed his heart's desires. And it wasn't for, it wasn't for this world or the things that gratify the flesh. It was the Holy Spirit, because when you recognize the treasure and in, 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 in the Holy Spirit and God's presence, it's freedom and it's love and it's peace and it's a sound mind. And it's 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 something that this world tries to do, but can't quite can't quite fulfill. And it led him to now he he's telling his testimony and it's it, it's really emotional, like as he's telling it. Um, and he goes, now, I'm proud to say. Uh, and share my story, um, and this is what I'm proud of: that the Holy Spirit saved me yeah. when I called on His yeah. name. And it's that type of, and I share that because even in His lifestyle, He desired to know God and to experience Him. And if you have an open heart and a willingness to ask, God is faithful, like you said, He's faithful to answer that request. Because why? He wants to know you. Yeah. Yeah, he wants to reveal himself to yeah. every person who's willing to do that. That is a yeah. great challenge to ask anybody mm-hmm. who's 
dabbling or in that lifestyle. The question is, do you have the courage to do it? Um, it, you know, you, there's, I would be willing to, if I were a betting man to bet that people will struggle to do that because of their fear that maybe he would show up Yeah, and they're more afraid of what it'd be like that out of when it's out of their control. Mm-hmm. Like right now they're controlling what they want it to be. They have found community in something and have been affirmed in that community and they find belonging in that community. And, uh, if they were to walk away from where they're at, will they find community to walk away? And I can tell you right now, there is there is sexually affirming communities that will affirm whatever you want to be. And I always think it's interesting that we celebrate a parade that is lewd. I mean, it's not like they're walking fully clothed down roads. They're walking in clothing that should not be allowed on any street no matter what it's for, and and somehow we celebrate that it's okay to behave that way. In some cases, you might as not wear might as well not wear anything in this thing. It is not a family. If if this was not anything tied to the alphabet parade, right? It was just a regular parade, and you had people not clothed. We would not take our children. We would cities would shut that parade down. But because it's the alphabet parade, it's all of a sudden now more acceptable. The deception is incredibly illogical, and yet it's, it's just being accepted. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I want to tell you, if you're in that, you have to stop and just take a look at the logic of this, logic of it. But if, if you will say, okay, if there's a God, I'll do what that, that guy said, it, and you experience the power of God, you will find God will lead you to an affirming mm-hmm. that what is going on, affirming community that will love you in spite of what where you've been in your life. They're going to love you. And the, the kingdom of God is also a family of yeah. God. And you become brothers and sisters yeah. in, in Christ. And, mm-hmm. and if you will reach out, people will, people will bring you in. They will love you um, as God loves you. There will be people who are just jerks, and I and I realize maybe you're someone, and and you're like, why would I ever do that? All Christians do is attack us. Sure, there's plenty of Christians who attack you, and attack you, but there are more Christians out there that just love people, the real believer, and that's ultimately the first fruit. Is we love people, people that encounter the true love of God. Mm-hmm. When you are a true disciple of God, you love God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, and you love your neighbor as yourself because it's the recognition of God's grace and that people are are an object of God's love. There's a there's a, a story that encapsulates all of this that I want to open up. If you want to open up to, to Mark 10, uh, 17, it's about the rich uh, young ruler. And it encapsulates everything because at the root of it all, it's a heart issue. Uh, we were created to worship God. We were created to love God. And there's other things that get in the way of that, that keep us from recognizing that he is the true treasure because of the treasure that we have physically in our hands. We fail to realize the treasure uh, that is in Christ. And and I think I want you to put yourself in the rich young man's shoes because there's things that I think in your life that 
that you walk away from Christ, failing to realize that he is the true treasure. So you put you put yourself in the blanks here. In Mark 10, 17, it says, And as he was setting out on his journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked, Good teacher, now this is interesting, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. What he's forcing the man to do is recognize that if you're going to call someone good, you better realize that there's no good person on this planet that uh, he was trying to get him to realize that he is God. You know the commandments, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honor your father and mother. And he said to him, teacher, all these I've kept from my youth. See, I proved I proved that I love you, right? Like what I you were proved talking my, about. Well, if you look at that, he's actually addressing the question or the feeling that a lot of people have when they think they're good. And if I'm good enough, I'm going to go to heaven. Exactly. If I'm good enough and I do more good things than bad things, then I'm going to go to heaven and I'm, I'm good enough. And mm-hmm. you forget that the tree of knowledge of good and evil were both what brought death in the world. The knowledge of good was just as bad as the knowledge of evil. G- good behavior as a source to our eternal life is just as bad as the bad behavior. But we think if I'm better or I behave better than I behave worse, and and Jesus says, okay, so that's what you think. Do all these things. And now what you're saying is, oh, I've done all those things. Go on from where you were. Self-reliance, yeah. Um, I've kept from my youth. And and this is the part, because this is the part that people lose and and people ne- people people hear this story but they never see Jesus's reaction or his true heart like what he's trying to do and i think this is the character of Jesus you need to recognize in 21 it says and Jesus looking at him loved him and said to him you lack one thing so he wasn't like oh i got him in a trap see i'm going to make him just do an- jump through another hoop i'm going to make him like i want to force him to just be mm-hmm. miserable and It says he looked at him and loved him and recognized that there was one thing that he lacked. It says, he says, go sell all that you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. Disheartened by the saying, he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. Now the footnote talks about Jesus loved him. Jesus speaks lovingly to the man's heart. You lack one thing. The man had replaced direct trust in God and its reward, uh, treasure in heaven, with earthly riches. He thus fails the first commandment. You shall have no other gods before me. This does not mean every disciple of Christ must sell all that he has. Rather, the heart must be focused on God. And every possession yielded to God with the result that the possessions will be handled as a form of stewardship. So exactly what we're talking about. Well, I and and I and you know, you know me, I don't typically read the footnotes that they put in the scriptures cuz I don't always agree with them. The the this this verse is he says there's one thing in him one he was living for this life, not living for he said what must I do to have eternal life? Well then sell everything in this life for that life. He says, he says, you want to put, sell your riches here to put your riches there. Sell your life off here. Recognize that we have life for there. Mm-hmm. Like what Jesus was saying is it, you're all in. Mm-hmm. Move everything into the table that everything in your life right now, and when you love him, it's an action of your flesh. Like, oh man, Paul says to live is Christ. 
To die is gain. Why? Because I'm not living for here. Like I'm not trying to attain possessions for here. And there is a point in your life where you get old enough and you realize, man, this thing ends and it's not long. Life flies by. And so if you're in your 20s, you think, man, I got my whole life. I'm in the attaining stage. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to get, but at some point that levels out and you realize, what's it for? Yeah, what is all of it for? And I got all this stuff for nothing. I got to start using this for something else. So when he sees this, he says, I see this one thing in the rich man, and it was the greatest of all the things in this rich, this rich young ruler. And it was that his dependency wasn't on Christ. His dependency was on all of his stuff. And so I am depending on my wealth. Like it's my Jehovah mm-hmm. and it's where my, mm-hmm. and he's saying, put your faith in me and, and, and then I will take care of you. I'll yeah. provide for you. Yeah. And that doesn't mean you have to sell everything yeah. to it's do not it. A commitment to everybody. Right. But it is to those had his who heart. put their dependence in the stuff that they have. Mm-hmm. So if your dependence is in your bank account, the only way to overcome that is to give up your bank account. Mm-hmm. If your dependence is in Christ, then then Christ, it, it, it's not a matter of whether you give it up or not. But that's dependent on each person. Your relationship and fellowship with God where he leads you uh, to that conclusion. But the what, what the dude failed to recognize, and I think it's so like... You know what's you, interesting about this guy, though? Yeah. They, yeah many, many believe that he is the one that actually provided the... He's Joseph mm-hmm. uh, that provided the tomb for Jesus mm-hmm. to be put in after he had been crucified, that even though he went away and his heart was sad, and, and, and I think people have to understand, even if you've walked away and you, you felt like that's too much to ask, uh, I just can't do that, that many believe this is the rich young ruler is the one that came back and said, no, he is worth it, and mm-hmm. I am going to do that. It was not recognizing what was, and this is what Jesus, we talk, we've talked about this before, but it's, uh, I read the whole book of Mark yesterday, and it's becoming more and more clear um, what Jesus constantly is doing. It's like, Jesus knows that he's the undercover boss the whole time. Yeah. And he's trying to get these people to recognize, he's trying to get his disciples to see, listen, I am the one. I am the guy. Come to me if you're burdened. Come to me if you're weary. I will give you rest. Come to me. They they constantly, he, the, for example, and, and it ties to what this guy failed to recognize. The disciples failed to recognize the same thing. They had just twice, twice, they had fed thousands of people with a couple loaves of bread. Jesus blesses it, gives it, says disperse mm-hmm. it among the people. Then they get into the boat after twice doing this with bread. There's two times they ask, "Oh man, we let, we don't we forgot to bring bread." And and Jesus is like, "Do you not do you not recognize yet? Do you do you still not see? Like I am the source." They were still looking. They failed to recognize who Jesus was, that he was going to set up his kingdom yeah. here on earth, but failed to recognize yeah. that he is their source to everything they need. He is he is the guy. He is the undercover boss. And they, and they were debating and arguing over where their bread was going to come from, failing to recognize that the bread of life was with them. In the same way, this rich young man had a lot of physical riches that his heart was bound to, thinking that he was righteous because he fulfilled the law, but but failed to realize the true treasure in Christ. That if he were to true, what Christ was testing 
was he didn't see Christ as the treasure. He didn't truly believe in who Jesus was and what he came to do, that if he did, what he would have done is recognize that that plot of land, the parable that Jesus tells, that that plot of land where he found the treasure in the field, that he would go and sell everything in order to purchase that plot of land just to have that treasure that he found in the field. But he failed to recognize who Jesus was. And I think that's what we do when we overemphasize the worship yep. of Taylor Swift and celebrities. Yep. When we when we don't recognize Jesus being the source, and we try to worship Jesus in terms of uh, even earthly celebrities, yeah. we put him in the we put limitations on God yeah. of earthly limitations, and it's a great revelation, Alex. I mean, when you when you think about this rich young man, he, he what Jesus was saying is trade your limited the 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 limitations of your own wealth. Mm-hmm. For the limitless power of the kingdom of God, yeah, and and the limitless bank account, mm-hmm. the limitless joy, the limitless peace, the limitless life mm-hmm. that you get in Christ—it's limitless. Yeah, it's like um, if somebody were to come to your front door and say, um, "Could I have a drink of water?" Mm-hmm. In this country, most people would say, "Absolutely." Yeah. Absolutely. I'll go. Do you want another one? It would, we would, because to us, water is almost limitless. Yeah. Right. We have no problem giving out of a, out of water because in our mind, it's without limits. It doesn't cost us much at all. But if they were to come in and say, Hey, could I uh, grab a six pack of Coke or could I, uh, could you make dinner for me? Well, then we got to pay for it. Mm -hmm. And the cost of that is way more because it's not limitless. It's like, you know, I only have so much of that. Typically, you don't have a limited supplies of cokes in your house. Yeah. So you're you're giving out of a limited mentality, and so you're less likely to give them something that you feel is perceived cost more. When your mind is like, I only have so much money, I only have so much time, I only have so much, I only have so much. It's limited. When you live out of that, you're less likely to be generous and to, to give to give in the sense of loving people. But if you have a limitless supply, your whole worldview changes. Everything. Everything. And that's what Jesus is saying. You no longer worry about this world because I live forever. Yeah. So I don't need to, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to live forever. I don't need to do all of that or experience that because I'm going to see it one day. Mm -hmm. I'm going to see it all. I'm going to experience it all. And it's funny because uh, there's, there's a parallel when Jesus heals, he heals the blind and it's a tie to spiritual blindness as well. The whole time Jesus is going around meeting physical needs while he's also trying to get them to fully realize what is going on in the spiritual. And a lot of people had their eyes open physically, but still failed to realize spiritually who Jesus was. That we have, I think, what we really need to ask is what leads us to a hardened heart where we can enjoy God's presence is is a blindness of our spiritual eyes that we we have such a surface level a surface level belief in God we have a belief in God that he exists but faith is when you trust that this guy had his trust in his riches he had no trust in God where that wouldn't have been an issue if he would have trust God trust faith meaning trusting in God, believing in God. That wouldn't have been an issue if you knew that this, this what's the verse where it says, like, I own the 
the the hills were all big those, cattle on a the thousand cattle, and, yeah the yeah. cattle on a thousand hills like i i'm the owner of that what are you talking yeah. about like this is a faucet like i i i serve the god of the blessing that what are riches if i know yeah. the one that that's the giver yeah so it's it's i think it's people think that at the end of the life i'm going to be judged based on if i just believed he existed rather than this is why Believing in the gospel is much more than that, because what you're doing is you're putting your trust in the one that sanctified you and made you righteous before the throne of God. It's putting your trust and dying to yourself and your own understanding. And I think that's the disconnect. Like what you need to ask right now, if you're even are failing to recognize what the heck we're talking about, like you guys are smoking dope uh, because you're really overemphasizing this whole celebrity thing. Like it's really not that big of a deal. What I need you to do right now is I need you to ask God, open my eyes to see, call on God to give you the Holy Spirit. God, I believe, but help my unbelief. God, give me a heart of flesh. My heart has been hardened by either sin or these these things that have preoccupied my attention. But God, I repent right now. And I long for what you have to give me. I'm done settling for attention of things that are just right in front of me. I'm done settling for a shadow of things. God, I want you and repent. And I I know for a fact, if you earnestly seek him, he ain't, he ain't playing hide and go seek. You will find him. And that's what I would that's my heart and with this podcast and I was really excited when you had brought it up that you wanted to talk on this because it is a deeper issue than just you know uh oh people went to Taylor Swift it really I think will provoke um people and and where their heart is at with God yeah and 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 especially in a in a culture in in which we're in right now that's very the, the Scandinavian culture tends to be more stoic although that is not completely true. I mean, you you watch any sporting event and you see people acting crazy and they'll say, "Well, I'm Scandinavian. I'm very st-. well, and you didn't look at like then you will when you worship something, you will be uninhibited in many ways because of what what happens in that." And so, you know, um again, and we'll end this podcast again. We've said it numerous times. This has nothing to do with Taylor Swift. I, she she's just an entertainer and a performer. It's not her it's the response it's this what it provokes in people and the world is going to worship its celebrities yeah the world that's all they know they're going to worship celebrities um but when you experience christ you start to realize there is no celebrity there is no event that can compare to the door that god opens up into our heart and worship and um, I would encourage you, even on Sunday mornings, even no matter how poor the worship time is on Sunday mornings, no matter what you're doing, it, it, that you worship the Lord, that you give your best worship uh, in that setting, and you don't blame the team for whether they did. You just worship the Lord because that's what we're that's what we're, that's what we're doing as lovers of Christ. We worship Him, and that, and it doesn't even need to be in church. It can be in your car. It can be wherever, just to bring worship to the Lord, because for sure he's worthy of it. Mm-hmm.